0: This is the Two Math Guys podcast, where we talk about math, math teaching, and other things, but sometimes we edit those other things out. Today we're talking about how we're having to pull audibles with our shift to distance learning. And while you're listening to this awesome intro music, go ahead and like and subscribe to our podcast. Everything's turning up, Millhouse. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: uh, okay, so the question that I came up with uh, that I wanted to ask you is like, what was the the biggest technical hurdle that you faced? Um, but if you guys, if you just had Thursday and Friday, that might not be uh, a great question.
0: Mm. Well. The biggest tech hurdle we had was more of on a on a district level because there were one thing i'll I'll commend our district on is really trying to make our zoom calls safe for kids because there was talk there were scenarios earlier in the year when people would zoom bomb uh, classes and and cause a ruckus or, or, or do some inappropriate things in class um so they tried to make this they went through this site called Clever, and if everyone goes through Zoom through Clever, they can protect the classes to keep them from getting bombarded by by uh, random people. And there was <coughs> an issue that they had at the district level of everyone requiring a password, even if you went through this clever site. oh, and that that was another thing they had. They wanted clever to be the passageway to get to Zoom, and you wouldn't need a password to get into each class. But there was some setting or some issue they were having with where everyone needed a password, but kids didn't have the password. So one the, I'm like, 8 a.m., our first class was 8 a.m. on Thursday morning, and so we had, I had a few kids show up, somehow they got in. But then about 15 to 20 emails of kids, I can't get in, it's safe for a password, so I just get, Bombarded with emails, we got them <laughs> in, but that was probably the biggest tech issue that we've had. The you know hurdle, um, but I will say I I feel pretty confident navigating Zoom in different ways. You can highlight the kids be the kids talking or the speaker, and then I have a separate monitor set up so I can have all my kids' cameras displayed, which I okay. sort of feel. So I I feel pretty like a little a little techy nerd like make sure it's going to monitor 2 and then I'm going to be working in monitor 1 and then have so I have <laughs> little little wins like that that I feel good with. What about you? What hurdles did you have this last week?
1: I've had mostly it was kids just trying to connect. And so like connecting and not being able to hear or having um, a lot of lag and they would, and I would, I would tell them just, if that happens, just log out of the call and come back in. And that usually solves the problem. Yeah. And did have uh, somebody started a, an email, like an all staff email on Friday of like, here's the funny things and the not so funny things that have happened over the week so far. And some of them are, you know, kids joining with names like Bend Over or, <laughs> or you know, or uh, st- something like that. And, and it's funny because you know, I a kid named tried to join my Zoom with that name, and I was like, no, I, you know, because we have the the waiting room, so I said, don't allow. Uh-huh. And then one of the girls in the class was like, um, actually. No, he, uh, you know, so-and-so tried to get in your class, but you got you rejected him. I was like, yeah, he knows why. <laughs> <laughs> so I resend him the link, and he was able to join using his actual name. Oh, um, but yeah, it's, it's been pretty okay. funny. Like, teachers will do cahoots, and they're, oh, okay, I, I didn't check all these names, and now I regret it because, you know, first place goes to something inappropriate. <laughs>
0: yeah. And well,
1: go- part part of me is like, oh, that's annoying. But the other part of me is like, it's just, it's kind of funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And as long as it's they're within reason, I feel like most of them are pretty, pretty funny. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, things like,
1: yeah, like, you know, see more butts or bend over. I'm <laughs> like, OK, whatever. That's, you know, it's not at least, I you know, I, I'm not taking that as being super offensive. So. I'm, I'm okay
0: with it. Well, I took that feature off of Kahoot last last spring and last year the 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 one where you, kids can make their own. I had the it, it generates them automatically for the kids. Because there I did have because there's there was a while where kids were putting in some inappropriate ones that they'd sneak it in or they they'd log out and then join back in to be the one on the top of the list because it takes the most recent additions and puts them on top. So I had kids like logging out and putting in some some it it was bordering offensive, like not not like swear words, but there were just ones like I was like, you know, as the the adult in the room, I don't feel comfortable with this. And so I took that that away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's you always feel a little. Because sometimes words come up, I'm like, OK, that's not your name. I don't know what that means, but it's got to be some kind of like teenage colloquialism or something for something that's probably not OK, because kids are like laughing and giggling and like, OK, this. Yeah. But yeah. running into those yeah. always. And thing.
0: Yeah. And you, you don't, you're not in on the joke like what? I don't it, you're all laughing, but I'm not. Something's something's amiss here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I, other than that, I haven't had any big tech issues. I did have one bit of a hurdle where I so for my my applications of advanced math class, we do it's statistical reasoning in the context of sports. And so we spend the first week or so, maybe two weeks, uh, building up a common you know foundational knowledge and language when it comes to sports so that we all feel comfortable talking about, you know, f- uh, free throw percentage or touchdown to interception ratio. And, and, and we all know what these things mean. Um, Cause we, you know, we want to talk about the math. I don't want the sports or lack of sport knowledge to be the hurdle of why we're stuck on something. Sure. And so what we did on Thursday and Friday was I gave the kids a list of nine sports that were, the ones we are going to spend the most time talking about and as said, okay, what I'd like you to do is, you know, pick, pick the one that you want to present on. I'm going to break you up into groups of three or four, uh, put you into breakout rooms. You'll create a Google slide or yeah, a Google slide presentation and grab pictures, grab videos from YouTube or wherever and build a presentation that will teach us how to play football or soccer or tennis or baseball. And, so they would do this, and I would have thirty people saying in the chat like, "Oh, I want to do tennis. I want to do volleyball. I want to do." And so I'm trying to keep track of that while manually adding kids to breakout rooms. And you know, it was able to do it. It just took a little while. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, "Okay, probably what I should have done is had them fill out a form of their top three. I could have made the groups and then pre-made the breakout rooms before class, and that would have been." much easier yeah. yeah,
0: I think that's an example of how things that we're so used to doing kind of off the cuff like you could easily make groups raise your hand if you want to do tennis All right, you six are going to go over to that corner of the room and then you seven are going to go there and do badminton or whatever but now with our, our new environment I feel like that's that adjustment we're going to have to make and be more thoughtful about it when we're going to make them, when we're going to make those types of groups. And like you said, form is a great way because they, they're familiar with Google forms and they're pretty easy to work with.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely, it was a learning experience and that's kind of something else I've been trying to really, you know, tell the kids, Hey, you know, this is new for me just like it is for you guys. And, you know, I'll do my best. And if things go awry, then, you know, that's how we learn. And we're all going to do this together. We're going to make mistakes together. We're going to learn together.
0: And, you know, we'll, we'll, The Two Math Guys podcast is brought to you by the three types of people that can count, those who can and those who can't. Two Math Gas Podcast,
1: brought to you by Euler. Not the occupation. The mathematician.
0: Say Now, something I've been meaning to ask you is are our department meetings as fun as they once were? Not not as fun, but as as engaging as they once were? Because I remember when when we were working together, I loved our department meetings. Like they were, they were fun. Like, I, loved, I loved every Wednesday. It's like, I was like, all right, let's do this math department meeting.
1: Yeah. You could always count on uh, a rant, which was always fun. Not not the most productive thing, but very entertaining. Uh, and then we would have, you know, because I felt like when we were teaching together, there was more of a divide between the more kind of like old school, traditional drill and kill kind of teachers and the more like the newer more like i don't don't know common core is like probably you know the the background that we went through the credential program with but that difference of a opinion and how to approach mathematics teaching like teaching the method versus teaching the concept and so, so it was some of the conversations we would have there was a lot of division. There was a lot of, like, mean, but it was very – it could get very heated because we were very passionate about what we what we believed. Mm-hmm. And now they are – they're more unified, I think. Um, we're all – there's still divisions in how we, you know, think about things and how we want to approach things. And that, you know, that's that's a good thing because then you're always – thinking and reflecting on your way and why you think it's the one to go or the one, you know, to roll with. Um, but we're mostly dealing with, you know, we still have our problems with a lot of kids not passing algebra one. And so that takes a lot of our focus. And that's kind of where the algebra foundations class came from. And so that's, that's kind of where we are now is we're, our meetings are very productive or, and especially with, I mean, cause Tammy does like everything, any, any committee, like committee or thing that comes up. She's like, Oh yeah, I'll do it. That's fine. And which is
0: Tammy, Tammy's I, I miss, I miss Tammy. Tammy's cool. Yeah I miss all you guys But The Tammy Tammy's legit She's She knows her stuff and she She's A good person to have On your side
1: Yeah Well we had um, Let's see Because Corinne's still there um, Jamie Was Sharing your room Right Your last year hmm. Yeah so Jay- We still have Jamie uh, Johnny left We have Jake Michelle Oh Sarah. Yeah. So I think actually you, you know, pretty much everyone in the department except for uh, Lexi is new this year. And April was new at the beginning of last year. Um, she was a kind of a late, a very late summer, early fall hire because we had a summer school teacher who was supposed to have that job, but it did not work out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, which, I, I do. Yeah.
0: Like I, I like where I'm at, but I do miss the uh, Sonoma Valley High math department. That was a that was a cool spot to be.
1: Yeah, it's and, it's a very I feel fortunate fun. to have
0: have come up. Yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun group of people for sure.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I feel very um, comfortable, like with that group of people. Like I feel like I can express my opinions and beliefs about teaching and grading and sequencing and curriculum and, and they're either shared or at the very least, you know, validated and understood. And I I think that's a a very important thing to have uh, where you work, you know, feeling like your opinion is valuable.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, because how, I mean, how crummy would that be to to be in a math department or just some anywhere that you work and you can't even express your thoughts on what it is you're doing in an honest way Mm -hmm. like that's i feel uh and and maybe that's but then that's the every place i've worked i've always been able to do that so maybe i'm i count myself lucky that i've had that that i've had only those experiences because at snoma i could do that at new tech i get to do that it's it's very we say what's on our mind and it's it's and like you said, it's validated, it's, it's respected, um, but that doesn't mean it's always acted upon or that everyone agrees with it, but it's like, all right, thanks for, for your, your, your thoughts, and then we'll either move on or go into what you said.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like – people people
0: have, have... – oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, yeah, I like uh, the discussions that we get to have because it's very, it's just refreshing to have, you know, because you have some days where you don't interact. You know, you see a couple other teachers in the morning and you say, hey, good morning. You know, how, how was your weekend or, you know, something like that. And then you could go the rest of the day not seeing another, you know, adult, basically, because you teach, and like yeah. especially you know, like during break and lunch, I have or, well, I guess I had my, you know, like the magic club and the video game club. So that's, I would spend my breaks and lunch, you know, hanging out with the students and playing magic or playing video games. And, and then you get to a department meeting and you're like, oh, that's right. I work with other people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're adults.
1: (laughs) Uh, But you get so wrapped up in the way that you do things that it's nice to hear that, that other perspective, Uh, especially, you know, from people who teach, you know, like because if you teach seniors, you're going to hear a different from perspective from someone who teaches, you know, freshmen or sophomores or juniors or special ed or credit recovery or, um, you know, students who are repeating Algebra 1 or taking bridge to geometry or, you know, just a different class. And so it's, it's really nice and helpful to be able to take those perspectives and kind of integrate them in to your teaching and seeing kind of what you can absorb and use and what might not necessarily be ideal.
0: Oh, you mean you take something by ideal in the sense that it, you tried something and it didn't, it, it wasn't effective. So you just either modify that or shift your, your direction to another, another path.
1: Right. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, we've all had, um, you know, people that we've talked to and worked with who are like, oh, well, I do things like this. And you kind of know, like, OK, well, I don't think that would work for my particular style, but that's that's nice that that works for you. And I should try to it's I'll try to find something that does the same job, but is a better fit for how I teach.
0: Sure. You know, that kind of tongue tie there. Uh, that get me gets me thinking about our work with trellis uh, Trellis education, whose mission is to make sure every middle and high school kid has uh, has a exceptional stem education um, in that a lot of the work was teacher preparation, but a lot of it was not fixing issues that teachers had like I know the mentors and mentees that would talk about you know, issues they're having in their classes, but the mentors would never say, oh, do this, do this, because that will affect this thing you're, you're experiencing. And it was more of a guided questioning uh, uh, process, so it, was, it would be more like, all right, what's, well, tell me about it, what's, what's the issue? Why do you think it's happening? why are you getting that kind of behavior from the kids what's your reaction to it in that moment Um, and i feel like that that's just a a useful mindset to have when we're talking with other teachers about our work because like you said what works for one person won't work for another person and you can't fix something you can't like do someone's work for them like they have to the other teacher has to be invested in whatever that activity is or that mode of instruction is. They have to be like invested in it and, and want to try it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like that was, you know, like a big program that a lot of people, I think almost every new teacher that I've interacted with complains about Bitza, uh, <laughs> And it's, But I do think, you know, they do address that to at least a small degree of, you know, here's especially I think that looking at that whole cycle of the year starts and you're like you're excited and you might be a little anxious about like the new students you have. And the year goes on and you slowly kind of like go down a little bit to that disillusionment phase. And then you have your winter break and you can kind of like, okay reset. (laughs) And then come back in January and you're a bit more refreshed and then it's spring and you know, and you're starting to see the, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, the end of the school year, and you're like, Okay, here we go and and but it's it's important to I think tell new teachers that, like, hey, there will be a point where you feel defeated or exhausted or frustrated or you know, you had a bad day because your class was just out of control. And it's not, you know, it's not a personal thing. It's just, this is part of the job. You know, some days are significantly better than others. And I remember from observing teachers and from student teaching that, you know, you would see teachers who would actually engage with students in negative behaviors, you know, I like get, get into arguments with kids. And wow. I remember just sitting there going like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You know, like the kid made some small comment and the teacher reacted to it. And so the kid said something a little bit more and then the teacher reacted that even more. And then it became this yeah. whole thing. Like, I remember being in the classroom where a teacher told a kid, like, you know, you're not going to amount to shit. Like, you're going to be a garbage man or you're going to be serving me food, you know, in a few years. And I was like, "Ah, this is really weird. Like, I don't know what to do because – but, you know, realizing that, you know, you're going to have kids. And this is something – I don't know. I can't remember if we talked about this in, like, our first – podcast episode or just in a conversation but you have kids who like that's what they like to do they like to rile up the class and if you just kind of let it go or glance off of it a little bit or roll with it it shuts it down very quickly yeah. but if you engage the, yeah because the kids kid, want yeah exactly
0: they want that re- they want yeah. the response it's like they want you to be that wall to push against. This episode of the Two Math Guys podcast is brought to you by Protractors, as our mathematicians plow fields. Protractors. We're also very fortunate to be sponsored by Mathematics, the solution to all of life's problems. We're also sponsored by the number E, whose exponential function is the derivative of itself, E.
1: It kind of completely change gears here. I, you know, the, the project that I give my students every year is that mathography, which I got the idea from Megan. And- Oh yeah. It's, um, so that's uh, Megan Taylor. She's, uh, is she the founder or co-founder of Trellis? Found, found it. Founder. Okay, uh Uh yeah, so she she was my methods teacher at Sonoma State. Uh, she uh founded Trellis and um, I know she was doing a lot of work out of Stanford for a while too.
0: Yeah, the the Hollyhock.
1: Yeah. And yeah, she's incredible. Um I I couldn't imagine having a better uh, methods teacher than her and she i I got the idea from her because she mentioned she had us do it in our uh, methods class and I'm pretty sure she said that she had students do it before but I love giving him this project where it's just you know write a page or uh, you know roughly five hundred words of what is your personal history with math and you know whether they think they're they're good at math or bad at math and to elaborate on that. And this year I added, you know, what makes you anxious about distance learning and or what makes you excited about distance learning. And I've had kids who were like, oh, well, you know, it's, I'm not really looking forward to it because, you know, I want to be able to hang out with my friends and I want to be able to you know, like participate in clubs and sports and go to dances and do all these things. Uh, And about, but I've also had kids who, you know, they went through a few days of this before they started writing their paper and they were saying, you know, I thought it was going to be really bad, but I've had a few classes and a few teachers that have really made me think like, oh, okay, this, this can be fun and, and this can work. And it's made them much more optimistic about the semester and, and possibly the year. So I have, that's, I've only read good. a couple so far, but yeah, I, I really enjoy reading them. Um, it gives me such a good barometer of kind of where my classes are and where my kids are.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I, i that for, forgotten i forgot to do that. I was thinking about doing something with, uh, with Flipgrid on that same note, like have them describe their experiences with math. Um, it, are you familiar with Flipgrid? Flipgrid. A little bit. I always get that one and Jamboard confused. Oh, I, th- I think they're very similar. Yeah, it's just like a place where kids can easily put videos of themselves or, or whatever. And you know, you mentioned Megan and something that that I observed with our meetings with Megan in Trellis and uh, all of the mentor meetings, um, was that Megan, she would, at first I saw it as, boy, Megan doesn't really do a lot of talking. But what she was doing was orchestrating the meeting by having us engage with each other about the topic for the day. Mm Because I I wrote a little note to myself, Megan never talked, but that's not true. But she did did talk (laughs) and she got us going. Um, and I, and so that's something I try to remember with with my classes is ju- just just because you you know more math like I know more math than my kids at the moment doesn't mean they only need to hear my voice they need to engage with one another in the same way that Megan had this vision for what Ed Trellis would be but. It, it would only work if we all engaged with each other. And so I try and keep that in my mind as I'm working with my kiddos.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, it's such a hard thing to, even if you're thinking about it, because I've, I've thought about that in class. Like I don't need to explain this. You know, I can let, you know, Tommy or Giovanna or Kayla, like they can explain it but you feel, you know, cuz you know I think as teachers we do like talking, you know, you, I think you get used to being in front of the <laughs> room, but you kind of like it a little bit. Uh like that that quote I, I love the the comedian uh, Tim mentioned who's like, oh, I made a career out of people like, you know, being on stage and people laughing at my jokes, so it's giving me this inflated sense of self-importance. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's so, it's so difficult sometimes to step aside and be the facilitator instead of the, you know, the orator of the classroom. Yeah. And especially when we're really trying to push that message of, you know, it can come from the kids and it should, right? It should, right. They're developing that agency. They're developing their own method of grasping and explaining mathematics. And that's, that's our goal. It's not, um, handing down these tablets of, you know, here's the 10 commandments of math
0: as it's, told to you by on and Southam.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's much more like, no, you guys figure it out and we'll, you know, if you start getting off course, we'll come, uh, we'll move you back towards center or towards the goal. But for the most part, it's, you know, it's free swim and how, yeah. however it takes you to get from one bank to the other
0: yeah and it's so easy for us to step in because we ha we know the answer or we we have a method they can use to solve a math problem or math e- exercise, but mm-hmm. yeah we have to know like when is that when is it the right time for us to jump in with that lifesaver or with that 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 thing that skill or concept.
1: Yeah, especially when you see the kids going off course and you're like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. And you're like, no, no, actually, let them do that.
0: Yeah, let's see where this goes. This is good. Thank you for listening to the Two Math Guys podcast. I hope you learned something or at least got a better perspective on what we do as teachers. Be sure and like and subscribe to us on iTunes because then you'll get the latest episode downloaded right to whatever you're listening on. Pretty sweet.